and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Hello everyone, I'm Nancy Weckworth. I'm the co-host of the Hand in Hand show. Hi, I'm Kenny Carbolito. Okay, today we're having Dr. Roz. Welcome, Dr. Roz. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us about you. Um, well, I am a, an optometrist. I practice in Alpharetta, Georgia, and have been practicing in Georgia for about five years now. Um, and I focus primarily on uh, vision therapy and rehabilitation. Okay. So when did you start treating stroke and brain injury survivors? Um, my first brain injury survivor was when I was doing my residency down at Nova Southeastern University in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was perhaps the most interesting case I'd ever had. <laughs> and it really opened my eyes up to um, a new way to help people that others thought could not be helped previously. Right. How does the brain injury impact the eyes? Well, there's an, a number of ways that brain injury can impact the eyes. I mean, there could be double vision. There could be um, blindness or loss of sight or loss of parts of your sight um, or parts of your field of vision. And then there can also be um, functional effects. And when I say that, what I mean is some people may have issues with bright patterns or busy patterns in stores or being in crowded areas or being able to read or work on the computer. So it can be really obvious or it can be really vague and hard to describe. So it really just depends. Okay. So um, many survivors have been told that there is no rehab for eyes. Is that true? Tell us more about vision rehabilitation. Um, so I would say that that's not necessarily true. Um, and the reason that I say that is the brain is a very powerful thing and has an incredible and amazing way of healing itself. Um, and also has an incredible and amazing way of making bad accommodations. <laughs> so when there's any sort of injury or um, trauma or anything like that, there's two ways that it can go. It can go to the path of least resistance or most resistance. And the brain is always going to choose least resistance. And sometimes that least resistance can lead to more symptoms. Um, so being able to change those pathways back to ones that are efficient but don't have all the symptoms that people um, may have is right. my goal and what I try to do with vision rehabilitation. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's true. So how can survivors find you? Um, well, I'm currently in Alpharetta, but I do see patients online. Um, I've got a website uh, called www.envisiontherapycenter.com. Um, they can visit me in person <laughs> in Alpharetta. Um, otherwise, like I said, I do see patients online um, quite a bit to help those that are not living in the state. Um, so, you know, there's, there's many ways to reach me. Um, phone number here is 678-680. 8192 and um, email address is docroz, D-O-C-R-O-Z at envisiontherapycenter.com. Okay, thank you. And um, so what are the survivors out of state without financial means to travel? How can he or she find you? Um, just the same way you just explained or? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they can find me online, um, send me an email, give me a call, and I've got ways to help people that don't live here. It's just a matter of um, understanding what's going on, what the goals are, yeah. um, and then being able to tailor therapy or um, treatment or even um, being able to connect them with people who are in their area that might be able to help. Okay, thank you very much. A couple of questions, Dr. Oz. This is yes. Nancy. Hi, Nancy. <laughs> how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing better now that I can connect it. <laughs> I have a couple of questions. When you work with somebody online, can you describe how that therapy works? Do you work with them and talk with them on the spot, or do you give them assignments and come back to them when they report to you? Can you give us an example of how that t- typically works? Both of those things that you said. (laughs) So during a session uh, with someone online, I do um, have things that are planned out. But what I've learned, especially um, when I'm working with a brain injury survivor, is that plans don't tend to work out the way you really want them to sometimes. So being able to be flexible, whether they're online or in the office, has always been the best approach for me. Um, But either way, you know, I have a list of equipment that they can um, purchase and then we use that equipment or PDFs that I may send with instructions and we'll go through the session together as if I was there, um, but just online and in a video chat type of um, mode. Very cool. Another question just about your, your email and your address. Is it InVision? I N V I S I N or N Vision. Because it is E N V I S O N therapycenter.com. Sorry. That's okay. I'll state it all at the end of the podcast again okay. for accuracy purposes. What is your what do you feel is your success rate? Or is that a, a an improper question to ask about this type of therapy that you do? Well, I wouldn't say it's an improper question, um, but it, the funny thing is that when you look at research regarding um, vision rehabilitation for brain injury survivors, is that the numerical and statistical data for certain tests will be, well, there was really no improvement. But when you ask them about their quality of life, they're always like, well, I'm reading better, or I'm able to handle this situation better, or I'm able to function at work better or I'm able to, you know, X, Y, Z better. Um, so when in thinking about success rates, to me, it's really almost more of something that's not tangible versus hard numbers and data like that. So I don't really keep track of a success rate, if you will. It's more just a matter of what are your goals? How can we accomplish those regardless of what my findings, quote unquote, say? Dr. Roz, can you tell me when people have vision-related issues with Um, brain injury and stroke, is it typically go along with speech-related issues? Are the two related in any way, or are they completely separate issues? What do you find, know about that? I love that question, because even though they take place in different parts of the brain, I don't think anything is completely separate from vision. Um, Vision is the thing that grounds all the senses. So in order for you to speak words or smell something or know where you're going or be able to tell whether you're moving or still, um, all of those things have to match what you see. 
And when they don't, that's when symptoms happen or when function goes down. Um, so I, I would never say that they're completely unrelated, um, but they don't occur in the same spot. <laughs> so, um, but do I typically see speech issues along with vision issues? It just, it really depends on the severity of the injury and things like that. But um, I would say that regardless of what speech is like, I'm still going to to try to um, rehab what I know and what I'm an expert in, and that's the vision. Um, and sometimes, you know, I found that not necessarily in brain injury survivors, but possibly, you know, other people that may have speech issues, when you fix a certain thing there, they've got some tools in their toolbox to help them with other things that are quote unquote unrelated. Um, so I, I would say that no, that I don't think those things are unrelated at all. Thank you. That's very helpful. And that was an interesting description. I have a question for Kelly. How many of the people in your stroke groups actually um, have issues with vision and use Dr. Roz? Is this a, a very high percentage of people or what would you say yeah, I, regarding I the numbers of people who actually have this problem? I, I know several of us have the vision problems, but after Dr. Ross came to speak to my group, I'm not sure, to be very honest, if he had who followed up. Um, I don't think anybody did, honestly. <laughs> and I don't know just because it is so new and we just need to keep following up with her. Um, and it's just, it's like Daniel said at the beginning, we've been absolutely told there's no hope. You know, if you've got double vision, you've got double vision. And, um, so I think the key is, is to kind of continue to get the word out. And we've got so many new people since the last time she came that I think vision rehabilitation is kind of like physical therapy. It's not something you can do once. It's something that may need to happen, you know, be reminded of and do it over and over, you know. So it's something, it's kind of my bad. I need to follow up with this. And like I said, we have a number of new people. I don't know how many of my group struggle from a great number of vision issues. I think probably balance if they would really, um, I think we would discover if people would get more into vision rehabilitation, I think many of us would discover that our vision is causing some of our balance issues. Yeah, and I would agree with that. You know, number one, the physical therapy analogy that she brought up was very accurate. Um, if you were to go, like after having a stroke or a brain injury, um, and say, for instance, you were having trouble using a limb, your doctor's first thing or one of the first things they would do was to tell you to try physical therapy of some sort. Um, and it probably wouldn't matter what the function of that arm was. They would probably say, well, at least give it a try. But for some reason with vision, when someone is seeing double or has paralysis or paresis of an eye muscle, it's like, eh, there's nothing we can do. Why is that? It's still a part of the body that can move. <laughs> it's still a muscle that's involved in that, and the brain is involved in that too. So just like there's physical therapy to help with a limb that may not be functioning um, as well as one would like, same thing with the eyes. So I, don't, I would say never say never on that. Do you believe that neuroplasticity is a large part of the success that you have in treating vision disorders? I would say that's a part of it, but I think, I honestly think that a bigger part of it too is just, um, so if you think of 
I like to think of it in terms of there's a fight or flight response. Um, so say for instance, someone has seen double and the initial reaction to seeing double is gonna be, wow, that's different, new, I don't like it, get away from it. Um, if you're given the tools to understand how not to see double, then you won't have that response to something. So neuroplasticity is a part of that, but there's also, for me, more of an emotional and almost like a, just retraining the brain to be more efficient and to use what it already has to have better pathways to success, if that makes sense. Um, so the, <laughs> it's funny, like some of the patients that I see, it's almost like a counseling session and being able to tell them, you know, how not to react in certain situations and which ways are better or more efficient. Um, I hope that makes sense. So yes, neuroplasticity, but also I think there's other components that are just as, as key or as powerful. Thank you you mentioned that there are emotional issues. What do, you, what do you see most often with people's emotions regarding the vision issues? Is it fear? Is it, it just, what are your findings? I wouldn't say, well, fear, sort of, um, but more just uh, resignation. I don't know if that's the right word. No, it is the right word. Okay. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's kind of like what we run into physically. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times my support group members, it's just, oh, well, this is my new normal. This is it. Mm -hmm. You know, just we have a number of people that won't do physical therapy, won't do occupational therapy because they figure this is the best it's going to get. Mm -hmm. And when you're told over and over and over, by medical professionals, it's the best it's going to get, learn to deal with it. It is kind of hard to believe. What do you mean you actually can help me? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I think some people get to a point where, like she said, they either give up or they're like, I may as well try it. <laughs> so, you know, if, you know, if something, yeah, there, there's either uh, I, I don't want to do it you know, I'm, I'm done or I've got nothing to lose. I may as well give it a try. And I think everybody reaches that point at some point. Um, so it's a matter of trying. I just like to try to catch them before they get there, before they get to the give up or the whatever phase. Um, but, you know, that can be difficult sometimes because they don't tend to find me until everything else either doesn't work or they've been told enough that it can't work. This is all very interesting. I know that when John, my husband, had his stroke 26 years ago, um, he was eating breakfast one day, and the doctor walked in, and the doctor pointed out to me that John had lost half of the vision in each eye because he had only eaten half of his meal, and there was a straight line right down the middle of the plate. But we were very, very lucky in that about three or four days later, his vision came back completely. So we're very grateful for that. Yeah. And that can happen. You know, one of the biggest things to remember with um, any sort of brain injury, especially when it, it comes to uh, therapy and being able to rehab, is that progress can go up and down. And there's so many things. I mean, as powerful as the brain is, it's also very sensitive, especially when it's been hurt. Um, so there can be a lot of roller coasters in how someone um, sees progress. There can be ups and downs. There can be plateaus. Um, and I think that's especially true when you've had any sort of brain injury or stroke. Um, Dr. Roz, um, talking about the brain that regenerates itself, um, when I walk like in the malls, um, I always tend to start drifting to the left side and I end up on the other side 
And so <laughs> my fiance has to grab me back. She goes, where are you going? Uh, <laughs> you're walking on the wrong side. And I don't notice it, but um, I, is it my equilibrium or is it something to do? I know it's something to do with my brain injury. But well, I guess the biggest thing is I would assume that now whatever your left side is now dominant. or yeah, the, the left yeah. dominant now. Yeah, so that's why. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, you know, when you're I... Drifting, after, you're drifting towards the side that's like me first. Yeah, <laughs> so. you're right. And then after I had brain surgery, after my aneurysm, um, they, I looked in the mirror and my eye was going all the way to the right, like looking the other way. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this what it's come to? And then yeah. it, it ended up coming back. Yeah, and sometimes you'll find that um, when, and just like um, Nancy was saying as well, um, when any sort of brain injury happens, a lot of times they'll tell you to kind of wait. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because sometimes double vision can get better or improve yeah. or go away. Like you had the, t the eye that was turning and that went away or your husband had um, the part of his vision that had gone. Like, so there, there is a period where you kind of want to wait for things to settle out. Um, before poking at it, um, yeah, and I would say yeah. that that's true for most people. Um, but I would not let it go months <laughs> without um, trying to find some sort of intervention. Right. Yeah, because it, it came back, and then um, my walking has gotten better, but mm -hmm. I, I still, like, drift a little bit, and um, mm -hmm. she drags, she pulls me back, like, she yanks me, she goes, where are you yeah. going? But I think it's kind of funny. Sometimes I mess around with her, and I start drifting purposely, and just to see what she'll do. And then she just looks at me like, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, I actually have a, a good resource for that. Um, there's a therapy called BioCord that could yeah. possibly help you. Have you heard of that before? No, no, no. Okay. They, they, they work on things like that. I can't work on body dominance. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have a lot of things in my therapy room that work on balance and vestibular um, but I think from what you're saying, it sounds more like being able to not take away the dominance of your left side. Cause you always have a dominant every right. eye, leg, arm, hand, etc. But just to at least bring it back in balance so that you're not, you know, drifting off to the left. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I find it kind of funny just the things that happened to me after my aneurysm. Like, I'm not the same person, but I am the same person, like mm -hmm. mentally, but Physically, it's like all messed up. It's You're all you like, amplified. That's what you are. You're amplified. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm always down to try new things and everything. But, um, you know, I was in a wheelchair. I had to learn to walk again. So um, my, your brain regenerates and it, mm -hmm. it teaches your legs how to do it. But I was scared when um, I first had to learn to walk because I was like, it's like I'm a baby all over again, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was scary, but I did it. And. I went all the way to keep doing better and better until I went back to my stand-up comedy on stage. So Kelly was telling me that you, you're a stand-up comedian. Yeah, so I make fun of myself like because um, I limp around on stage. I used to be like dramatic on stage and moving around. And now I walk with this limp. And when I have my leg brace, I'm limited to moving. Mm -hmm. And I just like start making jokes about my leg brace and why I limp and everything. So it's kind of funny. Everything, I look at life now is that you know don't take it so serious just mm -hmm. live, live it and go with it and do your best yeah you know i really like that attitude kenny 
We're close to being out of time here for today's little podcast. Dr. Raz, if you could tell us one big thing that you think is the most important thing for all of us to know about what you do, what would that be? I I guess kind of like what we've been saying um, a couple of times since we started, it's just to realize that I don't think there's ever really a hard no. You know, to me, like I've been saying, the brain is such a powerful thing that I don't think that it does not have the ability to not only heal itself, but especially if it has help along the way um, to get there, to get to places that may not have been thought possible before. Um, So whether that's an intervention with something like vision rehabilitation or physical therapy or occupational therapy, um, or even just attending um, a support group like with Kelly, I think that all of those pieces um, and components are important because when it comes to being able to regain function or, you know, get life back to some sort of normalcy, there's pieces of the puzzle that should all be in place. Um, and what I do is just a, a part of that, just a piece. It's not the whole picture, but I think it's a really important piece of the puzzle. I agree. What you do is incredibly valuable. And I want to thank Kelly Campbell for finding you and convincing you to come and join us today because we're very grateful that you're here with us. And I would like to invite everyone who listens to our podcast to come back to Stroke Focus and make sure that you can join the discussion with Dr. Roz and Kelly and the rest of us. Thank you, everyone, for being here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.